Hello, and welcome to another episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. This week's edition is entitled, Everything is Not the Devil and Don't Blame God. In 2 Kings 3, we read where three kings, the king of Israel, Judah, and Edom, went to war against the king of Moab. However, after seven days, they realized that they didn't have enough water for them, their soldiers, or their animals. Immediately, the king of Israel cried out, Has God brought us three kings here to deliver us into the hands of the king of Moab? Of course, most of us who have read of this incident in the Bible, or at least have heard messages preached from it, know that they went to the prophet Elisha, who prayed for them, only because of the presence of Jehoshaphat, and God sent them water. When reading this particular chapter, immediately the majority will focus on the fact that God supplied them with what they needed. Today, however, I want us to look at something else in this scripture. If God sent them water, then apparently it wasn't God who denied them the water in the first place. The Bible never says that. It never says that they were out of the will of the father with what they were doing, nor does it say that it was an attack of the enemy with that enemy being Satan. It was apparently something that just happened. There are far too many in the body of Christ who are ready to blame every little negative thing that happens to them, either on God as a chastisement or an attack of the enemy, again, meaning Satan. Christians are so ready to look at issues and problems, especially in other people's lives, and immediately credited to one of those two things, and oftentimes it's neither. Sometimes things just happen. Of course, when it's the individual themselves, it's never a chastisement because God would never find them so unworthy and disobedient that they would be due such an encounter. Therefore, in their view, it must be an attack of the enemy. In those situations, people will go into what they call spiritual warfare against the enemy, calling their friends, prayer partners, church members, prayer lines, and anyone else they can think of to help them fight these imaginary spirits and demons who they believe are attacking them. As stated in last week's episode, we need to learn to hear God's voice for ourselves so that we can recognize and identify situations that come up in our lives. We can ask God what's going on, and I assure you, he will tell you. It's not that he owes us an explanation, but he will not leave us clueless as to what, if anything, that he's doing or allowing in our lives. In one way or another, if you listen, he will answer. Of course, that means that there must be a prayer life to begin with. I have seen people fighting these unreal battles with demons and spirits to the point of where they become so stressed and pressured until it literally begins to wear on them physically as well as mentally. Everything is not an attack of the enemy. And when it is, we need to learn to fight according to the word of God. Binding and loosing demons is not all that's needed in true spiritual warfare. I live in a very old house. In fact, it's about as old as I am, which for a house, not me, but for the house, that's pretty old. Cracks began to appear in my ceiling and my pipes began to leak. 
before I started putting putty and plaster on the cracks or began to replace the pipes, I needed to find out what was going on. It was my foundation. A couple of the joists needed to be replaced. I needed foundational repairs. Some of us need to understand that when negative things are happening in our lives, before we start trying to fix them, find out what's occurring. Like my house, some of us need to look at our foundations. As a very young Christian, I had an old car. Because of the teachings I was under at that time, I was led to believe that no matter what was going on, if it was bad, it had to be the devil. I would bind and loose on that car more than anything else. I still look back and laugh about it because I learned better. The car itself was just old and ready for the junkyard. We need to understand that when you learn better, you do better. Yes, there's still many in the body of Christ who need to learn better. It's a rarity at this time in my life when I'm fighting spiritual warfare. Remember, I didn't say that I never fight, but it's rare. Why? For one thing, I know the faith that I have in my father and the fact that Jesus has given us power and authority over the enemy. Also, because I finally learned to recognize when the enemy is attacking and when he's not. No one is supposed to be under constant warfare year after year, the way some of us have lived our lives, especially if we're walking according to the word of God as believers in Christ. Is warfare against the enemy real? Of course it is. And that's why we're taught that our weapons of warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We use spiritual weapons for spiritual warfare. However, I've known people who have been fighting in one spiritual battle or another nearly every day since they were saved and are now 30 and 40 year old Christians. Something's wrong with that. It's as though they're more focused on demons and warfare than they are on Christ and the authority that he has given us. I just don't believe that it glorifies the Father for us to have to fight the enemy all of our saved lives. Even those who are in the military, those who are more mature and advanced in their ranks, don't continually fight on the battlefields. They teach others how to fight and use their experience in fighting to develop strategies so that when battles do come, they know how to engage more effectively. When there's sickness and disease, we need to understand that it's not always an attack of the enemy. As bodies grow older, the immune system becomes weaker, which means it's more susceptible to disease and sickness. Because someone develops cancer, high blood pressure, or some other disease, or some other disease, it doesn't mean that the enemy has advanced against them. In life, if you live long enough, eventually the body has to die. Unfortunately, some do die sooner than others, but it's not because the enemy has attacked them. I fail to understand how we, as believers in Christ, are living our lives in order to be with him, and yet, when that time comes, we fight so hard against it. Ecclesiastes 7, 1 through 2 reads in the New International Version, 
A good name is better than fine perfume, and the day of death better than the day of birth. It is better to go to a house of mourning than to go to a house of feasting, for death is the destiny of everyone. The living should take this to heart. If we truly believe, as Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, then why are we so afraid of death? Why do we fight so hard against it? Does it mean that we should long for it or that we should stop taking care of our bodies? Of course not. But when it's time, we should not look at it as an enemy any longer because Jesus conquered death on the cross. Death is neither an enemy nor a chastisement. It happens and eventually, should Jesus tarry, it will happen to us all. I know everyone will not agree with me on this issue, and that's okay. So we'll listen and agree with Paul when he wrote to the Philippians in the third chapter at the 15th verse. And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. He'll make things clear to us all. And if you think differently, I encourage you to share with me your views. And with your permission, I'll share them on the podcast. But going back to the original discussion, for believers, it's easier for some to say that the enemy is attacking rather than God is chastising. To say that God is chastising is to admit that possibly there's sin or disobedience in an individual's life. Many years ago, there was a woman I knew who was definitely under a chastisement, and God had spoken it to me. In total confidence, I shared with her what God had said. A day or so later, she admitted to me that she was under a chastisement, but she said that God told her that she hadn't done anything wrong. She said that he just wanted her to see what a chastisement felt like. Of course, I refused to even comment on what she said because there was really no adequate response to such a foolish statement. I've been there. I've been under chastisements for doing things I knew better than to do. However, I learned from David as to how to handle it when he was chastised for killing Uriah and committing adultery with Bathsheba. When he was confronted by Nathan for his sin, he repented before God and asked for forgiveness. In Psalms 51, David humbled himself before the Lord, admitted that he had sinned, and begged God to cleanse his heart and spirit. Let me give you a big hint. If you're under a chastisement, the longer you deny, attempt to justify, or try to ignore your sin, the longer the chastisement will last. If you ever feel that this is the situation in your life, the best thing to do is go before the Father in true humbleness and repentance. It's pride that causes one not to want to admit their wrongdoings. David really thought, at least for a while, that he had gotten away with his sin. However, after the baby was born, God allowed the baby to die. For years, I wondered why the baby had to die. It wasn't the baby who sinned. But remember, David walked in covenant with the father. The baby was the result of that covenant being broken. It was the result of sin. 
When David slept with Bathsheba, they broke covenant. David with God and Bathsheba with her husband, Uriah. As I've always shared, God is a God of covenant. And when we sin, it means that we've broken covenant with the Father. In order for David's covenant with God to be restored as it had needed to be, the reason for the broken covenant had to be removed. Some of us try to ignore the wrongs we've done and think or at least hope that God will forget. Not hardly. God doesn't forget and neither do we. We must know and accept when the Holy Ghost is bringing conviction to our hearts and spirits and not condemnation. When someone is convicted of a crime, they are separated from society. When the Holy Ghost brings convictions to our spirits is to separate us from the things and the sin that separates us from God. It's only after refusing to accept such conviction that God will allow chastisements. And if nothing else, we should take comfort in the fact that God loves us enough to chastise us. We need to remember Hebrews 12 and 6. In the English Standard Version, it reads, For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and chastises every son whom he receives. Not often, but every once in a while, God will have me to minister to someone these words. Some people can get away with everything, and some people can't get away with anything. It's those who can't get away with anything who are his special ones. I remember there was once a time in my life where I felt that if I just thought about something ungodly, that the father was ready to chastise me. I truly believe it was during those times in my life that he began to teach me that it was his love for me that would never allow me to walk and wallow in sin. He didn't say that I would never sin. It was just that he would never allow me to stay there. And that meant chastisements if necessary. It's those whom he loves that he chastises. But remember, everything negative or bad that happens in an individual's life is not a chastisement, nor is it an attack of the enemy. Sometimes stuff just happens. And when it does, take it as that. Just something that occurred for no real reason. As difficult as those reasons may be, as hard and painful as they may be, sometimes it's just what happened. However, at the same time, we should also remember that according to Romans 8, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. Remember the man who was born blind? Immediately, Jesus' disciples decided that it had to be because of sin, either the man's or his parents. Jesus said that it was neither the man nor his parents who sinned, but it was so that God would be glorified. So even when stuff happens, God will still use it for our good as well as for his glory because he already knows what's going to occur in our lives. When the three kings found themselves without water, God sent it to them. When the enemy saw the water, the way the sun shone upon it, it looked like blood to them. 
They thought surely that the three nations had turned on one another and killed themselves. In their haste to gather the plunder, they ran into an ambush and were all killed by the armies of Israel, Judah, and Edom. What one king thought was God bringing them out to be killed turned into something for their good. Instead of looking at the car not starting because of a dead battery or running out of gas as an attack of the enemy, it may have been God's way of allowing you not to be at a certain intersection at a certain time so that an 18-wheeler didn't hit you. Perhaps the reason you weren't invited to that party as a high school teenager was not an attack of the enemy, but you being protected by God from drugs that would have ruined your life. Who's to say that the love of your life who broke your heart, that someone told you was a work of witchcraft that caused them to walk away from you, would have been the worst spouse you could have ever imagined. Finances ran low when you really needed them. My testimony from just last month in August. But it wasn't because you didn't tithe or because of a chastisement. And no, it wasn't an attack of the enemy on your finances. But because God wanted to bless someone through blessing you. So Father, in Jesus' holy name, bless them, Lord. Bless them in great and mighty ways. Sometimes things just happen. But no matter why, when, or how, God is still in control. And we must always trust him to do what's best for us all the days of our lives. Relax. Stop stressing. Stop fighting battles that aren't real and against demons that aren't attacking. Also, let's learn to recognize and admit when and if it's actually a chastisement. Admit it. Humble yourself, repent before the Father, and always, always remember, sometimes things just happen because everything is not the devil and don't blame God. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of This is the Voice of the Prophet. I ask that each of you would share this podcast with others and always remember that it's available for listening on every podcast server and app. I continue to ask you for your support through your prayers. You can contact me through my email at amieagle at charter.net. That's A-M-I-T-E-E-A-G-L-E at charter.net and through the Facebook post or Facebook Messenger. Thank you again for your prayers and support, and may God bless each and every one of you.